Hey guys, it's Pastor Rebecca, and I hope that you're having a great day today. It's rainy here today, so I'm drinking some coffee to try to keep me awake. <laughs> um, it's definitely rainy. Thank you to all the listeners. Thank you for all of your support. Um, yeah, and I hope that this blesses you. Let's grow in our relationship with the Lord, and let's learn more about Him and more about ourselves. Um, I'm going to jump right into it. So, um, last night, uh, my fiance and I watched a movie it was called uh, The Count of Monte Cristo, and this is the one with Jim Caviezel. I can't remember. Um, it was in the early 2000s, I think, is when it came out, uh, but um, wonderful movie if you haven't seen it. Like, absolutely love it. Love the acting. Love everything. Um, great movie, and it has so many good lessons in it. It has so many things in it that I think um, we can learn from in life. And one of my favorite parts of the movie, well, let me back up. I'm going to tell you a little bit of history. If you don't want a spoiler for this movie, then you might want to turn this off or whatever. It's a very common, it's a common book. I haven't read the book. They've done lots of remakes of movies about it. Um, but basically, it's about this guy. His name's Edmund Dantes. He's a very humble guy, guy of integrity, great guy. He's kind of a poor a poor guy doesn't you know doesn't have a lot of money but he's friends with somebody that is pretty rich you know pretty well off well in this movie uh he gets uh you know it seems like in one in in an instant he has everything um he has everything he he ever wanted he gets uh prom gets a really really big promotion um he's been waiting to to get married to his fiance now they have enough now they'll have enough money to get married, and, and it seems like everything is going right, and then all of a sudden, those closest to him betray him and hatch this plot. He makes a mistake by taking a letter, bringing a letter back with him, and those around him end up reading the letter, and he can't read and write, and the letter actually has some treasonous things in him in the letter, and he brings it back with him um, because Napoleon gave it to him, to give to somebody and he told him he lied to him and said oh, it was completely harmless when in actuality it wasn't harmless it was very treasonous so uh, but because he couldn't read and write and because he's a man of honor he didn't read the letter um, you know the letter was intercepted because his friend you know ratted him out told you know found out about it tried to make it look like he was this this bad guy because his friend was jealous of him and just his friend, who actually had a lot more money and a lot more things than he did, was jealous of him because he had a happy life because of his happiness, guys. Um, so he ends up being falsely imprisoned for something. And he's put in this awful prison where he is in a cell by himself. Uh, the only contact that he has with people is when somebody, you know, opens his door and feeds them, I think, maybe once a day. Um, and, and then the people that come in that are that own the jail... Uh, that beat him once a year. I mean, it's just awful, you know, and, and here he is. He's innocent, and he really, really struggles, and in his cell, he looks. It's a stone cell. He's surrounded by stone walls, and on the wall, he sees where somebody uh, etched into the wall, carved into the wall, God will give me justice. That becomes a very important part of the movie um, because you know, he, uh, Edmond takes a rock and whenever he gets discouraged or whenever he gets upset, he'll take that rock and he'll start carving those letters out. God will give me justice. God will give me justice. He keeps carving it out. And, um, 
And there are even times where he tries to kill himself because he's in there for a long time. Like he's in there for, um, I think it ends up being 13 years um, that he's in, in this prison. And he's, he's just discouraged. He doesn't have, I mean, he's alone. And all he sees on this wall is God will give me justice. And there's times where he tries to hang himself. There's times where he just, he, when he gets beat, he'll pick up a rock and he carves these letters out because it's almost like that represents his faith level. That represents him holding on. And uh, eventually, you know, God sends him someone. Uh, it's another prisoner that actually comes up who was a priest that actually, that actually comes up through his floor because he's actually digging a tunnel to try to escape the prison. And um, I'm not going to go through everything, but he finally gets out. And the priest tries to tell him, don't use, you know, um, your power for bad things. Use it for good. You know, don't use it for revenge. But, of course, he's bent in his mind on revenge, revenge. I want revenge, you know. And and he goes out, and uh, he ends up finding the treasure of Sparta. And uh, it's on the island of Monte Cristo. And so he, he ends up going back into society after a long time, um, and he becomes the Count of Monte Cristo. And I'm not going to give you the, the whole story because it's so good. Uh, but he does give a speech in that movie. He gets up, and he gives a speech at a young boy's birthday. And uh, he said it was a boy that he had rescued who was kidnapped. He was the, the son of somebody very rich and very famous and a noble person. So um, so what he does is he gets up and, and decides to give the birthday toast to the boy. And he says, what he tells him is he says, yeah, my friend, life is a storm. You will bask in the sunlight for a moment and then you'll be dashed against the rocks the next the next what makes you a man is what you do when that storm comes like in rome yell the yell at the storm do your worst for i will do mine so he gives him this speech and that and that's such a true statement and and he he really exemplifies his life because at the beginning of the movie he's on top of the world the next thing you know his world is completely shattered and taken away from him and he's thrust into this place of isolation and he's thrust into this place of pain he's thrust into this this prison where it's just him and God but he doesn't even feel like God's there. God is there with him because he's just he's alone, and for years and years and years, um, and and it seems like even the inscription on the wall starts to fade after a while. And he even tells the the priest, his friend, the guy that that found him, and he even tells him he's like, he, the guy said, "Oh, God will give me justice. I see that written on your wall, on your wall." And he's like, "It's faded," you know. He said, just as God's faded from my heart. And he says, no, no, no. He's like, God hasn't faded. God is in everything. You know, he believes in you. And, and the priest was the one that tried to keep, tried to keep sparking the man's faith and letting him know, listen, God hasn't left you. Even though everything around you looks like God has left you, he hasn't left you. Um, you know, and, and you, from, in hindsight, you look back and you see how God sent the priest because the priest ended up te teaching him all of these things that helped him when he escaped. And I'm not going to tell you how he escaped, but um, it's just a really, really great movie. But it, it's such a great representation of life and how life happens. And I think about, you know, the times they and, and of course, you know, in the church world, you call it the mountaintop moments and the valley moments. Uh, because when you're on the mountaintop is, is really when it seems like everything's going great in your life. Um, everything, everything seems to be going well. 
Uh, but then you have the valley moments where it's just like nothing makes sense and it's a place of darkness. Um, and it's as that, as Edmond says, you have your times where you're basking, basking in the sun and then you have times where you are being dashed against the rocks. And, uh, and he said it, it, but what do you do? You know, it's all about what you do when the storm comes what you do when you're facing the storm. And I, I like the I like the fact that he talked about the rocks. In fact I'm calling this the rocks because rocks played a very important um played a very important uh, uh point in the movie I think because the very things that imprisoned him the very things that, that imprisoned him, that surrounded him, the, the cell that he was in, the rock walls that, that surrounded him was the very thing that he, that was in, that, that God will give me justice was inscribed on. The very things that were meant to, to enclose him, but that, that was engraved into the rocks, you know, and, and it was left by the person that was in there before him. Which is a whole nother thing because it talks about how we leave our mark, how, how the, the mark that we leave on the earth is encouragement and can help build the faith for someone else has a whole different story. Um, but the very things that held him back was the very things that the mark of God was in to remind him. You know, and as he stared at walls of isolation, as he stared at this place that was his prison, this place of pain, this place where all he had was his thoughts to think about, he saw God will give me justice. The presence of God, the inscription of God was in the was in his place of what he felt like was entrapment um, and limitation and where he felt just absolutely ruined um, that the mark of God was on the wall that he saw around him. And I think about that. I think about how uh, how we approach how we approach things, how we approach life, how we approach hardships. Um, you know, I've said this before. I know that probably the last couple of podcasts that I've done have been very, very hard have around the edges. And it's because of what I'm going through right now. I'm going through probably one of the toughest time periods of my life right now. I'm facing a lot of opposition. And I'm facing a lot of opposition from people that um, that I... I I, I didn't necessarily expect support from, but I didn't necessarily expect opposition from either, if that makes sense. Um, and it's a hard time. It's a hard time. There are seasons and there are times where you will go through what's called desert places and you may not hear the voice of God. It's hard. It's hard. Um, because I, you know, for one, feel like I'm kind of in that place myself right now. Um, where, you know, God's just kind of silent and you call out to him and you do see him do things because I, I am seeing him do things and I have seen him fight for me. I have seen him stand up um, against enemies that are, that have come after me and after my fiance. Um, but there's still not a whole lot of God telling you, this is what I'm going to do. This is where I'm leading you. This is where you're going. I think about Abraham, you know, when God said, pack up your stuff and just start walking. I'll show you when you get there. And it takes a lot more faith than you think it does to do something like that. Um, and I told my kid, my, my uh, kids ministry kids before I left the church I was at um, that that was kind of where I was, that God told me to pick up and move, but he didn't necessarily say, hey, this is where you're going next, you know. And, and it can be a hard place to be in, and it can honestly feel like you are dashed against the rocks. I say this, I've said this many, many, many times before. I'll say it again. Because I don't think that the church gives an accurate representation of faith. You know, 
people a lot of times talk about, I guess, what's called prosperity gospel. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't understand. I don't understand it myself to the extent because, you know, some people are like, oh man, you know, we're sons and daughters of the kingdom. We're rich. You know, we're supposed to be prosperous and wealthy and we're supposed to be the lenders and not the borrowers. And people talk about that all the time. Um, but then it's almost like you have to have a balance because is the richness that the Bible talks about, the wealth that the Bible talks about, is it earthly things or is it treasure? Because it does say, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where thieves cannot break in and destroy. Well, when you think about treasures in heaven, you think about faith. You think about you think about the things that aren't aren't tangible. When when the world thinks about wealth, it's clothes, it's a house, it's money, it's the it's the best car, it's this. And a lot of times that is what people chase after and that's what people seek. Um, and it's hard sometimes because when you're in a place where you don't where you you don't have a whole lot um, you're thankful for what you have, but you don't have a whole lot. You know, it brings you to this dilemma where you're like, well, you have to have money to do things, but I don't want to be a chaser of money at the same time. And and there are times, you know, where you're just, you're, you know, faith is it. I mean, you know, faith is really, if you don't have faith and and faith is, is not, um, is not believing God after he gives you something. That's not what faith is. I've said before in earlier podcasts that 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 I think that's where the U.S. struggles is is faith. You you'll believe in God as long as you have things, as long as you have, you know what it is you you seek after. You'll have faith. Faith, according to Hebrews, is ha, is the evidence of what is unseen. It's hope in what is unseen. So if we're looking at what's unseen. Faith is saying, I don't see it in front of me. I don't touch it. I don't see it. I don't have it right now. I don't even, I don't, whether, and, and you can fill in the blank of what that is, whether it's life direction, whether it's, um, whether it's finances, whether it's something that you've been praying for, a breakthrough, whether it's whatever. Faith is saying, I don't see it in front of me right now. I don't have it in front of me right now, but I'm choosing to trust God and believe God and follow him anyway until there is some outcome. I don't necessarily know what it'll be. Um, and I think that, but I think again, you know, in the U.S., we're, we're such a materialistic culture. Um, we're a blessed culture and there's nothing wrong with that, but we're so materialistic that we want to call faith you know, we, we want to say, okay, I have faith, but I, I have faith as long as I have everything that I want at the same time. But where's the sacrifice in that? Where's the cost in that? You know, so I go back to the prosperity gospel thing. And again, I'm still trying to figure it out because, you know, a lot of people look at Solomon. They use Solomon as an example. Oh, man, look at Solomon, man. Solomon was blessed and, and, and Solomon had money and he had this and he had that. But, you know, money was not initially what Solomon asked for. God rewarded Solomon with riches as a secondary thing because of what he prayed for. Because Solomon prayed for wisdom and discernment to lead the people. Um, then God blessed him with material things. So it wasn't necessarily that material things was what he sought after. He didn't ask for that. He didn't even ask for revenge on his enemies. He, you know, he, he asked for wisdom and discernment and God, as a result, blessed him of that. 
But you even look at someone like that, King Solomon, who then turns around and writes Ecclesiastes and is like, all of this is vanity. He's like, everything is vanity. He's like, he said, take it from me as somebody who has everything. I have all the money. I have all the women. I have everything. And it's useless. You know, God's the only thing that matters. He's the only one that matters, you know. Um, and it's hard for some of us to believe that because some of us who we're trying to figure out and, and, and you know, how am I going to get a house or an apartment? How am I going to pay rent? How am I going to pay bills? How are things going to happen, you know, that are really depending on the Lord to um, to bless, you know, the works of our hands and to bless what we're doing, um, you know, in obedience to him, which is a whole other thing. Um, it's hard for us to understand that, you know, because you see examples of people who were prosperous and wealthy. You know, Abraham was wealthy, you know, um, and his descendants were wealthy, you know. But then you also look at someone, um, you also look at Jesus, though, when he came on the scene, you know. Jesus was born in a cave, you know, uh, like a, they said, at least that's what they say. It was more it was more like a cave than a stable, but it was he was born into poor circumstances, you know. And um, I mean, and he, he didn't he didn't come and, and wealth and prosperity and everything. He came as a, as a average humble man from a town that had a bad reputation, you know? Um, so you see both, you do see people in the Bible that excel. You see people that have tons of money. Okay. But then you also, you also hear what God says though, on the other end of that, when he's like, you can't serve both God and money. You know, the love of money is the root of all evil, you know, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven rather than treasures on earth. Because if you think about it, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, people that have money, um, are not of God. I'm not saying that at all, because clearly again, throughout the Bible, there were people that had money that were, that were wealthy. And I do believe that God very strategically will place some godly people with money and influence to, to sow into, uh, churches and, 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 and sow into organizations and sow into, sow into, um, into things of importance, you know. My fiance talks about all the time how he wants to be somebody who who has lots of money because he wants to be a giver. And I do believe that there are that God will get put gift people. I mean there are people that know the that know the Lord that have lots of money and they sow, you know, into into places. Um on the other on the flip side of that, God says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to, to enter the kingdom of heaven. I mean, you see, you see two different angles, you know, and so it makes you wonder the riches and prosperity that we think that are supposed to, to accompany, um, are supposed to accompany a child of God, you know, um, is it things, is it, is it more material things? Is it money? Is it what we think it is? Uh, I think about people, you know, that are that are doing the Lord's work in other countries, you know, missionaries and people like that who don't have a lot of money. They don't have a lot of things. Well, somebody could look at them and say, oh, well, God hasn't blessed them. When in fact, I don't think that's true because, um, I mean, you look at the disciples. I mean, you know, they, they just... I mean, now Paul, you know, Paul worked. Paul was a tent maker, you know, so it's not that they didn't work or trade or whatever. Um, but at the same time, you know, they want, they traveled from town to town and, um, and depended on the Lord's provision. And, you know, and it said that whatever town, you know, didn't receive them, you shake the dust off of your feet and you go on to the next one, you know. And so... It makes me wonder sometimes, and what I guess what I'm trying to navigate and figure out right now is, you know, 
God has, he owns the cattle of a thousand hills. But God, but not all Christians and believers are millionaires and billionaires and, and trillionaires and, and are rolling in things, um, you know. So it's, it's finding a balance. It's understanding that can God bless you with things? Absolutely he can. God can, you know, God can give you anything and bless you with anything. And, and I, I believe that he does. And I believe that we need to be thankful for all of the little things in, in life. Um, you know, I think we need to be thankful for the little things before God will even consider giving us big things. I also think that we have to understand that God is a God. Um, he, he is a God of, of hard work. You know, and I, and a lot of times when you say God and work, everybody's like, oh, work, salvation. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about he, he put Adam and Eve here on the earth with a purpose to do something, to, you know, to accomplish something, to work. You know, he, he told, I mean, he, you know, he put them with a purpose. You know, he told them, hey, have dominion. He said, animal, uh, animal, excuse me. He said, Adam, name the animals. You know, gave him a job to name the animals. I believe that in the beginning, it wasn't, um, it wasn't necessarily, hard and tiresome and toilsome because that was his curse after the fall is that now, you know, you're going to have to work the ground and by the sweat of your brow, you know, and so I think work was different pre-fall versus post-fall. Um, but still, God is a doer. He does things. He, God, you know, I mean, God uh, created the world. You know, he created the earth, created things in very unique and complex ways. And, and, and God, I mean, and God is a doer. God is active. Because the word of, just like the word, even the words, think about the word of God. The word of God is, is, is active. It's living. So if you think about the word of God, the word of, even his words are not passive. You know, even the words that you read in the Bible aren't passive. They they have power. When you pray and declare the word of your life and you pray and declare the word against your enemies, so, stuff happens, y'all. <laughs> it happens, you know. And so even if, if the words that he speaks, if the words themselves are active, how much more is he in his being, in his personality, and in what he does, how much more is he an active God? So I believe that... Um, you know, cause God has a purpose for all of us to do, you know, God has purposed some people to do different things. Some people, um, you know, some people have been given a gift for business, you know, some people have been given uh, gifts of healing. Some people have been given different gifts. And so I do believe, uh, that, um, that we can operate in purposes and gifting and, um, you know, God's not a lazy God. It's just not who he is. You know, and so I believe that, you know, that's that's one part of things, you know, is I, I don't believe that people who just sit on their butt and say, well, God, I'm expecting you to bless me. I'm expecting you to do this. I'm expecting you to do that, you know, uh, but they're not doing anything. You know, they're not um, they're not exercising faith by doing anything. Then I think that's a that's another thing, you know, Um and so I've been kind of going back and forth about the prosperity thing, um, you know, because I'm in that place right now with faith is try, you know, my, my fiance and I are trying to figure out what to do and we're trying to follow God and listen to his voice, um, and follow him during a season where he's just not saying a whole lot and it's hard. Um, but you know, faith, as we've said, if I circle back around, faith is when you don't see it in front of you, 
You know, faith is when you don't see it. And so um, with the prosperity thing, a lot of people, some people, you know, curse prosperity te teaching because they're like, well, you can't teach prosperity. That's not it. But at the same time, we're not to have poverty mindsets either because we do. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We are kings and queens on the earth. We are called to have dominion on the earth. But God also says that our rewards will be in heaven. So it makes you think that while we're on the earth, that there is a cost, a sacrifice, um, um, there are things that you have to give up. There are things that you're going to have to leave behind. There are going to be people you're going to have to be separated from to do and follow what God has called you to do. Um, and while I think a lot of people chase money, they chase materialistic things, they chase things on the earth. Um, I think it's because of a backwards thinking of, um, because here's the thing. Like I said before, does God bless you? Absolutely, he does. Can he bless you? Can he give you lots of money? Absolutely. And I do believe some people have called me crazy. I don't care. Call Jesus crazy too. Again, I believe in the power of life and death of the tongue. I believe in what, that what you speak over yourself is very important. What you speak over yourself matters. So I believe it's important to speak and declare and pray over yourself that you will be, that you are blessed. You do have the favor of God. You do have the financial favor of God on your life. You know, um, as you do and as as you as you move through life I think that's very important um, because we're not called to have a poverty mindset but it does bother me sometimes as well because I do think that if we're not careful children of God will be so caught up in I've got to be on top of the world financially I've got to have all of these things if not I am not a I'm a I am a failure not a success and when you start to 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 invest everything into materials and money, then you become like the world. Then that's when the world starts to creep in. Because then when your focus is money, your focus is getting on top of the world, getting famous, by, you know, da, da, da. And that is what drives you, what motivates you. Then you're willing, instead of you, instead of you being willing to pay the price for following Jesus and paying the cost, you're going to, you are going to sacrifice Jesus to you're gonna you're gonna neglect Jesus and push Jesus away and then you're gonna start saying I need to do anything and everything that I can to get this money I think that's how people get drawn into witchcraft a lot of times because as John Ramirez said before whenever you see churches or whenever you see things that are just all about the money he said there's a spirit of witchcraft there because that's all that witchcraft is that's all witchcraft does is it, it wants money money you know and uh, he, he, he would know he did it for how many years 25 years or how many however many years you know so he would know um but i think it's i think it's dangerous to to get into a place where we get very very heavy on um well i'm entitled to this as a child of god you're really not entitled to anything um i i do believe as god said that you know when when god creates the new heaven and the new earth you know we we are his children we our benefits a lot of our benefits as a child of god which i think is what makes it hard to follow god sometimes are on the other side of eternity yes i do think that again you can be wealthy but i think a lot of our rewards and gifts are on the other side we have crowns in heaven you know uh, that we're going to receive and uh, blessings from that and so I think uh, I think everything comes down to motive I think it comes down to the motive of your motive of your heart um, but I sir I say all of this today and I guess finances is a focus for me today but I say all of this today 
to say, you know, there are going to be times in your life where you are dashed against the rocks. I, I feel like I'm, I'm there in my life right now with a lot of things where it's, it's like you are, you are in a boat that just keeps hitting the rocks. It's trying to get out, but it just keeps slamming against the rocks. And, um, and the minute you think that you're out, it slams and slams again. And, uh, and there's, there are things that you, you, you think you're like, man, how am I going to get out of this? You know, why, why does this keep happening to me? Why am I in this place? Why? And, um, and there are going to be times like that. And, and that's when, you know, um, uh, John Ramirez said that faith was the currency is the currency of the kingdom, you know, and uh, faith is because at the end, that's what you have. If you don't have faith in God, the times where you are thrown against the rocks, the times where you are, you know, you're going to crumble, you're going to fall and don't get me wrong. You know, I've, I mean, there are times where I, I feel like throwing the towel in and I'm like, God, I don't even, I don't even want to do anything. You know, I don't want to do anything today. I just want to you know, stay in bed because I don't get it. You know, I don't get it right now, you know. Um, but faith is when you determine that you're going to believe God no matter what and trust God no matter what, you don't have a choice. It's just like, man, I'm going to I'm gonna wake up and I'm going to serve you whether I am, you know, on top of the world or I'm going to serve you whether I am in the sun or whether I'm being dashed against the rocks. Um, you know, and, and what I'm, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to do like Edmund did in the cell, you know, until, until there's light, until there's a way out, until there's something, you know, on the other side of what I'm doing, I'm going to get my rock and I'm going to carve into the walls around me. God will give me justice. I'm going to carve things around me that I can look at when I get to those points of giving up, when I get to those points of, I've had it. You know, when I get to those points of, of hopelessness where, where, you know, because as a child of God, you always have hope. You always do. Um, you always do. And there's never a day, you know. And, and what's interesting is some of the very people that have attacked me in this season, some of the very people that have, well, I say the spirits, you know, attached to people because, again, you know, this is, is you got to separate the spirit and the person. But, you know. Some of the people that are being influenced by spirits, you know, that have attacked me during the season are the very same people that I've heard questioning their own existence. There's some of the very people that have, that I've heard them. They haven't, they don't know I've heard them, but I've heard them talking to others and talking to themselves going, well, I just feel like I'm living my life for nothing. And, and I don't feel like I have a reason or purpose to be here. And what if everything I've believed is a lie? And, uh, because they're, they're understanding that even though, you know, they, they may have a lot of things and even though they may be living comfortably right now, they understand that God is it. And that if you don't have God, you aren't rich. You may think you're rich. It goes back to that Psalm. And I, I need to look it up because I've been talking about it in the last couple of of days. Um, I mean, last couple of podcasts, but there is a Psalm in there where David is angry and he's like, you know, what is it? What's up with the wicked? You know, why do the wicked prosper? God, the wicked don't have any ailments. The wicked don't have any struggles. You know, the wicked are rolling in money and they're rolling in riches. But then David had to remind himself at the end of that, that even though they're rolling in, in money and opportunities and all of these things, that that's all they get. So the cost that they pay is so much more than the cost that we pay to follow Christ because the cost that they pay is 
they this is the, this is the only life they have and the only joy that they have if they even have any they don't have joy they'll have happiness but because when they hit eternity it's not going to it's it's an eternity of pain and misery and torment and separation and 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 being alone and and being uh, dying in a darkness that you feel and a fear that that we've never ever encountered before um and so David had to remind himself, while it feels like me as a child of God is paying a price right now and, and feel like that I'm, you know, that I'm having to give up a lot or that I don't have a lot right now, a lifetime and an eternity spent with the Lord is really worth anything that you have to give up, whether it be people, whether it be money, whether it be things, um, you know, uh, a, a relationship with God and an eternity with God that's something that is worth everything. It's worth everything to to be able to spend eternity with with your creator and and to have a relationship with your creator. And um and so he reminded himself he's like God, I'm sorry. He's like I see their end. He's like they may be laughing now. They may be on top of the world now. They may have more money than I have. They may have all of these things, but this is all they're ever going to get. Because the eternity that they're going to suffer because of because they don't have a relationship with you and they aren't connected with you is far worse than anything, you know, ever. And um, and it even makes me think about my, you know, people in my life that are enemies. You know, Paul said something, a very strong statement, you know, in the Bible. He's like, I would rather myself go to hell if and, and all of my brothers and all the people around me, you know, be saved and go because Paul understood that people, you know, no matter how wicked they are, there's a soul that's going to spend eternity. There is a there is a spirit that is there that is going a spirit man that is going to spend an eternity somewhere. And it's it's either, you know, in the presence of God or it's either in the darkness of hell. And that's an eternity. And I don't, you know, and it, and it breaks you. It breaks you, even for your enemies that you can't stand. It breaks you because you're like, I don't want that. I don't, I don't want to wish that on anyone, you know. Um, and even like the priest in the movie of the Count of Monte Cristo was like, don't spend it on revenge. Don't do it. Don't go out there and and it's not worth it. You're not going to get any sacri- you're not going to get any uh, excuse me satisfaction from it. Um you know and it's not going to do you any good. And uh and and I mean it's because you know I think about Jesus on the cross. I've, I I said this a long time ago. I was like how did you know it made me wonder how Jesus was able to look at them you know, that those that had spit on him and whipped him and beat him and pushed the crown of thorns in his head and, and mocked him and, 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 and just, and put up the sign, hell king of the Jews, you know, well, how he could sit there on a cross as he's bleeding, bleeding in so much pain and he's dying and how he could look at them and say, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Because Jesus had the, because Jesus separated the the person and the spirit that they were influenced by, and he looked at that. He looked at those people, and he said, "They're going to spend eternity somewhere. They're going to spend eternity somewhere." And I and and I, I I want them forgiven. I want them redeemed. I want them to be, you know, I want them to be with me in paradise, even even though they treated me like absolute dirt. I don't want to see them spend an eternity separated from God. 
You know, he was able to show them compassion in that moment in the midst of great pain and great suffering because he's like, I don't want, you know, forgive them, God. They, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They're, they're under the influence of an antichrist spirit right now. And, and, and they don't know, you know. Um, so uh, I guess um, I've talked about a lot of things today. I've talked about a lot. Um, but, you know, if you're in a period of, if you are in a period right now where you're in the sunlight, you're basking in the sun, you have everything right now, you are on top of the world, thank God for it. Um, write down those moments, remember those moments, because there will be a time when you're going to feel like you are dashed against the rocks. And if you have faith, faith, faith says, I'm going forward no matter what. Faith says, whether I have everything or whether I have nothing, I'm moving forward. I'm going forward in life. I told my fiance last night, I said, I don't, there is no quit for me when it comes to faith. There is no quit for me. Even if I'm not hearing from God, even if it's a situation where I'm not hearing from him, I'm not hearing his voice a whole lot, there still is no quit for me. I'm not going to I'm not going to give up because I know I can look back on my life. I, there's a psalm that says um my soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you. I will remember you. And I told him last night, I said, I don't understand why we're going through what we're going through right now. And I don't understand a lot. But one thing I do know is when I look back on my life, the faithfulness of God is undeniable. It's undeniable. You know, I, I look back and I see things that God brought me through. And I'm like, how he brought me through that, I don't know how. How he, how he has, well, how he's still with me, I don't know. I don't know the answers to everything. But I know that he is faithful. And I know that in the darkest times of my life, he was doing things. He was working and I couldn't see. And I know that one day, I'm going to be able to look back on this wilderness, on this desert place, and I'm going to say, man, was God teaching me things and doing things that I didn't see at the time. And I'm going to have faith. You know, I'm going to have faith, and I'm going to trust in God, and I'm going to believe in God. I'm going to have faith. It's not in front of me. I What I need right now, I can't see. The answers I need right now, I can't see. They're not in front of me. Nothing right now is in front of me. That 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 even points, even closely points to to the future that I feel that God's promised me. But that is faith. Faith is saying, I don't see anything right now. But I, I trust you, God, because you are God. Because you are who you, because you are God, period. You know, because you're worthy to be praised. You're not only worthy to be worshipped when we feel like worshipping. You're not only worthy to be praised and, and followed when we feel like following you. You are worthy to be followed regardless of how we feel, regardless of what we understand, regardless of what everybody tells us to do or whatever, what everybody else thinks is good or bad around us, regardless of what we have to give up, what we lose, whatever. You are worthy, period, to be followed. And I'm going to be just like Edmine. I'm going to be just like him. If I have to carve, God will give me justice in the stones, the very stones that imprison me, the very walls around me that feel like a prison. If I have to carve, God will give me justice on the walls until I see the daylight, until I, until I 
until I'm able to get out of the circumstance that I'm in, I will do that. I will do that. And it doesn't matter what everybody thinks. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what is what what words are are said about me or or what's thought about me. God will give me justice. I will carve his faithfulness into the rocks of my prison. In Jesus' name. All right, guys. Um, longer podcast than normal. Um, but um, I hope you guys have a great day. And um, I hope that this helped you. Be blessed.